Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Alternative Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Payne. Have you guys heard the new Paris song? That one's called Heaven. It came out on Monday. I mention it because last week, if you listened to last week's episode, Kevin from Charts and I were talking about seeing them live. We were wondering when the new album's coming out. Well, a few days later, we have our answer. Paris' sophomore album is out August 4th. That's Paris spelled P-V-R-I-S, caps lock. Go find them, listen to them, stream them if you haven't heard them yet. I like them a lot. Uh, I think they're really one of the best new bands to come out of the Warp Tour scene the past few years. I see a really, really passionate fan base around them. I'm pulling for them. I actually had them on my last podcast, The Alt and Our Stars, the last podcast I did with Billboard. Maybe I'll have them on this one sometime. Stay tuned. Let's see, what else? What else is going on in my world right now? Well, the new Paramore song, Hard Times. We've talked about it a lot so far in this podcast. I know, but it debuted this past week on the Hot 100 at number 90, made a jump from 31 to 28 on the alternative chart. So what does that mean? Well, not the breakthrough I was hoping for, but not the end of the world either. So inconclusive for now. Could have a gradual rise on the chart, on the Hot 100, on alternative songs, especially the Hot 100, like some really big artists get where the song just inches up week after week before becoming a big bonafide hit. So... We'll see. We don't really know if it's going to be a hit song just yet. So keep it here with this podcast. Subscribe. Future episodes will have more details. We'll have Kevin from Charts on another time soon. Today, my first interview, I'm chatting with my friend Andrew Enterberger. He's another writer-editor at Billboard. Actually, sits across from me. And we're talking about the new Gorillaz album. It's called Humans. Humans with a Z. From Gorillaz, also with a Z. Came out last Friday. Here's our chat. But uh, right now, Andrew Unterberger, you're here to talk about Gorillas. Yeah, what's up, Chris? I'm excited to, to talk about the new album. I'm excited for my first uh, Alternative Facts appearance. New album, Humans with a Z. And uh, I really wanted to have you on for this one because you interviewed the 
lead gorilla. I did. The, the king gorilla, I guess it would be. Uh, Damon Albarn, formerly of Blur and well, still Blur, I guess, actually. End of uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Queen and about a million other side projects. Take me through this interview. How did it go? What was it like? So it was cool. Uh, it wasn't particularly, uh, you know, I, I didn't get to, like, you know, go bowling with him or... I don't know, like like visit his childhood home or whatever else people sometimes get to do on on cool interviews. But I, I did get to visit him in his hotel room at the Greenwich Hotel in super downtown Manhattan. Uh, he has the same portable speaker that I do. I was very excited about that. Or, or maybe it was just supplied by the hotel room, but I'd like to believe that it was his own portable speaker. Uh, and, you know, he... Uh, I got to talk to him for half an hour, uh, and he was, uh, he, he was a lot more relaxed than I expected. He was a lot more engaged and kind of willing to go with it. And, you know, like, I think for a lot of uh, Blur fans and, and kind of general Britpop obsessives my age, we are, our main, like, mental image of, of Damon Albarn in the 21st century is from this documentary that came out in 2004 called Live Forever, which kind of, like, told the story of the Britpop era. And, like, it had the Gallagher Brothers of Oasis, and then it had Damon Albarn. And the Gallagher Brothers were, were still kind of, like, riding high and, like, you know, Noel Gallagher sitting in this gigantic throne, and, and Liam looks like he, he hasn't noticed that a day's passed since 1997. But Damon is looking kind of like shy and, and sort of guilty almost. He's like he's like ashamed of his part in the whole thing, and like so like you know when doing this interview, I, I had to ask him about about uh, Noel Gallagher because he actually sings on the album. Uh, and like I was expecting him to be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about that, like whatever. And I called him and it was nothing, but he was like, oh yeah. You know, yeah, we're friends now. It's cool. And like he and then that was kind of the thing for the entire interview. He was very like excited and he was very, you know, he 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 seemed proud of the work he'd done. He seemed proud of his entire career and he wanted to talk gorillas and that was better than I expected. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm about to do an interview with someone like that, I get kind of worried because you think, wow, this person is a legend and they're so legit and they've been that way for so long in music that they could be an asshole if they really wanted to, and sure. they could get away with it. Yeah, uh, and it's certainly, I don't know, I think if, if, if you look at Damon Albarn's uh, public perception over the last decade or two, I would not say that he is considered like a gregarious figure. I think he, you know, you know he had some sniping comments a couple of year, like a couple of years ago about uh, working on the Adele album, and he was, you know, he right. said he's, he's like, oh, I was inspired by that, or I can't remember exactly what he said, but he seemed, uh, you know, tad bit dickish certainly uh and he also like you know kind of talked derisively about the new carly ray jepson song at the time and like he, he seems not necessarily irritable but definitely you know a little smug a little snobbish maybe uh and he comes off that way sometimes he sort of has historically done that blair's kind of like an artier more pretentious band to begin with especially when compared with someone like oasis but he i mean he, he definitely seemed you know, he was a little bit high-minded, a little bit pretentious, perhaps, but he wasn't snide and he wasn't snobbish, and he was, he was generally pretty warm and and, and welcoming and, and and I would say open-hearted about gorillas and their future prospects, and that was that was refreshing. I think that high-minded creativeness has really helped his music develop, age really well. Gorillas has stood the test of time, I think, a lot better than a lot of the rock music that came out of the mid two thousands. Let's let's get back to that. Before we get too far ahead, I just want to backtrack and introduce Gorillas to the people yeah, listening. Yeah, let's talk about Gorillas. What are some you think some of the early career essentials hits? Well, yeah, obviously, I think the first song that a lot of us knew by Gorillas was Clint Eastwood, which I think came out in like two thousand one. 
had a guest verse from Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was him on the verses and Damon singing on the chorus. And that sort of, I think, set the template for a lot of their, their hits moving forward. I'm happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. Finally, someone let me out of my cage Now, time for me is nothing cause I'm counting no A's Nah, I couldn't be there Nah, you shouldn't be scared I'm good at repairs and I'm under each snare Their biggest hit certainly uh, came, I think, in 2005 with Feel Good Inc., which was featuring De La Soul, also sort of in the Del, that Del mold. Uh, our, our our colleague over at Stereo Gum, Chris Deville, had like a, a tweet that I I, had, I couldn't help but chuckle at a couple of weeks ago when the album was first uh, kind of floating around the ether. He said something like uh, like the worst behavior of millennial fans is preferring gorillas to Blur, and like I do sort of feel that way. Like I I I, I, I do li- I feel like this interview is probably gonna make me sound like a much bigger gorillas hater than I am. I do like gorillas a lot. Uh, I do like this album a pretty good amount, but it doesn't really like hit particularly you know, it's, it's, it's a low ceiling thing like blur had songs that i would consider among the best of my lifetime blur had albums that i would consider among the best of my lifetime gorillas they're always fun and they're never bad like blur could be bad sometimes and like unapologetically so but they never really get to that like that that, that like kind of classic canonical place like i do wonder if 20 years from now gorillas is a band that everybody knows but nobody can name an album or song by They'll just remember it was cartoons. It was cartoons, and it was innovative for like you know technical reasons, and because they were the first band that like replaced their lead singer when when Damon abdicates the throne to whoever comes next. But like they aren't, uh, they aren't like their albums aren't appearing on best of all time lists. Their songs aren't being done karaoke by anybody. Like it's just the songs and the albums die out, but the but the idea of the group lives on. And maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's the that's the point of the entire project. Yeah, he wants someone to just take it over when he's gone in twenty years. Keep the virtual band going. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, he he wants. I think in his mind, there's no reason why there has to be an endpoint for Gorillas like forever. Like you know, if the band keeps evolving with the times musically and technologically. Then in theory, you know, maybe 20 years from now, people can name a Gorilla song because there's one currently on the radio. Then uh, then that, that's that's possible too. It depends on how t- you know how it's, like they've done a pretty good job of through 15 years since their first album came out. They've managed to stay relatively relevant in the conversation. Like we just heard that apparently their new album is going to debut in the top five of the charts, which their last album did too, and I think the album before that. Uh, so clearly they're, they're onto something, and they haven't seen like a dip in popularity yet. And we and we you know we kind of anecdotally talked around the office a lot. People are like, oh yeah, it's, it's surprising to me that like people still really care about this group. But yeah, so if they can continue that that kind of flatline trajectory where there's no major ups or downs, then maybe in 20 years, sure, yeah, the new Gorillaz album will we'll have the. You can come on my podcast. We'll do the 20th anniversary remembrance of this podcast. <laughs> and I think as long as it's so easy for them to get your Drams and Vince Staples's and Danny Browns of the day onto the album and to give it that current credibility, because the project lends itself to collaborators so much, it's always going to be able to feel relevant and get young people into it. Yeah, and that, that is something that they do sort of have to be commended for. Uh, 
they they do manage kind of every time out they get kind of like a slightly updated guest list where you know it doesn't feel like they're necessarily grabbing at like you know just just the big names who are going to make for the good internet headlines uh they, they didn't get that zane feature <laughs> no no zane no members of one direction at all in fact and that's uh you know, well, I don't know if that's better for the best or not, but uh, they do get people. You know, they they feel like lightly relevant to the time. They feel like they're not like you're not going to think of Vince Staples as like the first person from 2017 when you think of when you think of this this era ten years down the road. But he does it does does root the album in, in kind of modern sounds, and it does, and if nothing else, yeah, it proves that like Gorillaz still matters to these to these younger artists. And it's actually one of the, one of the funnier parts of the piece, I think, or one of the funny parts of my conversation with Damon was that. Uh, he when I went talking about the guest list, he mentioned that like one of the main curating factors in the album was his own daughter, and he was basically yeah, like, "Who can I get on this album that'll impress my daughter, and make me seem cool to her?" <laughs> uh, and he he did that, and he 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 got a whole bunch of guests, and uh, it's it's a it's a pretty coherent listen. I should I should say that when you know we were talking earlier about how like, they don't have like kind of the knockout songs, I, I should make sort of an exception on this album for the last track, which is "We Got the Power." Which is the the Noel Gallagher collaboration that I alluded to at the beginning of our discussion? Uh, that's a song that, like, for, for all, all I talk about, like, like the emotional distance and kind of removing himself from the equation, sort of. That's an album that feels like kind of hot blooded. Like, it, it it feels like Damon actually like really like taking a stand and putting himself out there. I mean, the message is a little vague and it's kind of like fist pump. What are we fist pumping about? I don't know. Just do it. But like, it's. It, it, there, there's something like there's a real emotion behind it and there's a real vigor to it that you, you only really get like once or twice a Gorillaz album. And I don't know if it would kind of mess up the project if they did it more often, but it's nice to hear, hear that they can still do that even. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, uh, he, he listened to the kids, he listened to his daughter and he stayed <laughs> he stayed cool. His daughter demanded uh, Jenny Beth of Savages also <laughs> appear on that song. Uh, but she's good. She, she, she adds, you know, she, uh, he, he said that he... he he wanted to get her on the track to, to avoid it becoming too stodgy between him and, and Noel, and that was probably a, a good call on his part. So I think we hit on a lot of interesting stuff. Why don't you plug the piece uh, and shout out any other projects you're working on? Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that they, I can't remember the exact name of it, but, uh, an interview with, uh, with Damon Albarn about gorillas was published in the last, uh, the last billboard magazine and it's, you can find it online. Uh, and, uh, I guess listen out for, uh, my own podcast, which I, I referenced a minute ago, shameless plug there, uh, called coming around again, which is, uh, an anniversary themed podcast. And this week uh, we're talking about soldier boys, crank that soldier boy. So, uh, if you like gorillas, you love soldier boy, come and listen to that. And that's within the Pop Shop podcast? That is within the Pop Shop podcast network. Uh, proud member, newest member of the team, but uh, they, they've been good to me so far. So search for Pop Shop podcast in iTunes. There you go. To get to Andrew's weekly anniversary piece. And uh, yeah, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at AUGetOffMyGold, which is a joke about the chemical symbol for gold that my sixth grade science teacher taught me. Thanks so much again to Andrew for coming by to chat with me about the new gorillas. Before we move on to our next segment, here's a little word from our sponsor. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Midnight, where we used to dance. Underneath the earthly halogen lamps. All I went away so fast. And we're back. Got an artist interview up next. Hamilton Lighthouser is his name. It's a very elegant name. He has one of my favorite voices in all of music. For about 15 years, he fronted this great indie rock band called The Walkman. Last year, after the band went on hiatus, he released a solo album alongside Rostam, former Vampire Weekend member Rostam, now producer, solo artist. And uh, here's one of my favorite moments from that very, very excellent album. This one's called Rough Going, I Won't Let Up. And one more. Here's the first song from the Hamilton Rostam album. This one was actually used in a big Super Bowl commercial that aired right before the game. It's called A Thousand Times. That you were mine. I've had that dream a thousand times. A thousand times. A thousand times. I've had that dream a thousand times. Hamilton just has this gut-wrenching, beautiful voice. No one really sings like him. And then Rostam, he's the production guy. You don't really hear him singing on the album. He's the one picking and playing a lot of those instruments. Now, because they're both really busy guys, they don't play many concerts together. So I was so pumped when I went out to see a show that was supposed to be just Hamilton a couple months ago, Music Hall Williamsburg in Brooklyn. And surprise, Rostam was out there too to perform. So turns out they actually recorded that show, and it's being released as a live album. Uh, that brings me to the talk right now. This is me chatting with Hamilton about what he's got coming up, his friendship with Rostam and the other guys from Vampire Weekend, and later, some deep thoughts about New York City. Here goes. Yeah, so we're talking about the Hamilton, Lighthouser, and Rostam album. Or actually, in the proper way that your artist name is written out, 
how how does that it's your name first right it was hamilton and rostam right it was my full name because that's how i was billed on my first solo record so hamilton lighthouser and then he 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 professionally dropped his last name so he's just rostam mm-hmm. but i thought it was a little bit of a mistake since we have such long hard to pronounce last names i thought it was kind of I, at first i just wanted to call it lighthouser batman glitch at, at, that's a badass name i thought so too that was my that would have been my first choice I mean, hardly anyone at a glance would know what that is. Yeah. I think going with Hamilton and Rostam probably makes a lot more sense, but maybe less badass. Yeah, I was sort of into that for a while, but I couldn't convince anyone. Nobody wanted to hear that, so I dropped it. Lighthouse. Batman Glitch. That's the proper pronunciation of his Batman last name. Batman Glitch, actually. Batman Glitch. That's like an Americanized thing I just said. Right. That's what I say, too. So how did you first become pals at Rostam? Um... Well, we 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 became pals when we started working together, actually, which was about four or five years ago. Um, and he just called me up out of the blue or wrote me or something and asked if he heard I was doing a record outside of the Walkman. And he lived right down the street from me and he invited me over and, to try and work on some music at his like home studio. And we clicked pretty fast and f- as friends. And that day we wrote music together successfully, which was sort of a surprise. Um, I had known him for over the years a little bit, but but that was when we got to be friends. So maybe five years ago. Okay, so that was when you became friends. When you first became, I guess you could say, acquaintances. It had something to do with like Ezra from Vampire Weekend did some sort of internship at the Walkman Studio. Yeah, like a long time ago, we used to have this recording studio up in Harlem called Marcada, and uh, one day somebody in our band decided that we should have an intern. I don't know why. <laughs> And so somebody went and put flyers up at Columbia for interns, and we got all these calls. And these people came in and did um, interviews and stuff. And I don't think I was a part of the interview process. Maybe I was. I don't remember. And um, and they ended up hiring Ezra. This is long before Vampire Weekend. But then after we hired him, we realized we had absolutely no idea why we needed an intern or what an intern does. Or <laughs> So I just remember it was like sort of a series of messages from him or something being like, what? Do you guys have anything that am I supposed to do anything or? And we would always be like, oh man, we got to figure out something for the intern to do. But I think there were a few jobs. I think it was okay, an all right internship. It probably looked really good on his resume. What What did he actually wind up doing in the end? I I I really I have no idea. I don't know if we ever had a job for him to it's do. Just your friend. Yeah, just like a guy to be around for for very little purpose. So I guess indirectly from that, somehow you became friends with Rostam. Uh, yeah, actually, no, it was like later on when they, their band started and they asked if they could, I, I guess probably Ezra, I don't remember, asked if they could open for us because they were like just starting out. And we said, yeah. And then very quickly they became very popular. Okay. Yeah, because I remember last time we chatted about this, there was some story about them doing SNL but rushing back to open for you guys. Yeah, yeah, they play. They opened for us on a Sunday night in uh, Atlanta. That was the first time I ever saw them, mm-hmm. and they had played on Saturday Night Live the night before. And it was admirable that they kept that uh, commitment. I gotta say, I always thought that that was showed a little character. Yeah. For context, for those listening to the podcast, what Walkman album was this at this time? Probably about you and me, I mm-hmm. would think, right around that time. Yeah, let's drop in some music from that one. This is In the New Year. I know that it's true. It's gonna be a good year. 
So Rossum has some new solo music coming out too. Yeah, it's exciting. What do you think of it? It sounds great. I've heard like half of it maybe now. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously people are used to watching him on stage performing live. They're used to his instrumentation. They've seen like a little bit of him doing vocals, like some in Vampire Weekend, some on stage with you, but taking the lead vocals is a new thing for Rasta. Big front man, yeah. And sometimes I laugh when I think about how you know me. Yeah, you know me. But all of these dreams keep coming back to me slowly. So aside from the live album, what what else is coming up in your world? Anything you want to talk about? Plug? Um, I'm going to have a new record at some point. I it, it's going to take me a little while, but but I've been working on a lot of material too. I just haven't put any of it or played any played any of it out yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to. I have this tour that's coming up in the fall, where I hope to be playing a lot of my new stuff, and maybe I can have something released by then. I don't know. I would love to. Because mm-hmm. the previous solo album was what 2014. Yeah, is that right? Maybe. I'm so bad with the years. I mean, the Walkmen were pretty much every other year for a long time. Yeah, we time. put out a record every two years. It was so weird because some seemed to take 10 years and some seemed to take like a few weeks, and yet they came out every two years. And like I, clockwork. Yeah, and you never planned for it that way. But then when you go back and look at like your all music page or Wikipedia or whatever, and you just see the list of the albums. And it's, it's like even years. <laughs> 2008, 2010. Yeah. It's like 2002, 2004, 2006, 2008. It goes exactly like that. The album with Rostam was 2016. Was it? Oh, so I it guess I've got year. a little. It was last year. Wow, I guess I've got I've got I've got a little buffer here. I got a little time. Don't release anything this year. Yeah. Wait till 20. Take your time. <laughs> Wait till 2018. I can break the cycle. What's it like being like? Because it's been like a couple years. You've released things. What's it like not being Hamilton from the Walkman anymore? Is it different? Uh, on a day to day, or sort of like you mean in in general? Yeah, just like do you think about yourself differently? Do you think other people see you differently? I think other people finally have separated me from the Walkman. At first, it was much more of a battle than I realized it was going to be. When I went solo, I didn't realize how much I was starting over. Um, because I would play these shows and people, you know, I'd be like opening for Spoon or something like that, and people would say they had no idea who I was until I started singing and then they said oh wait you're that guy from the Walkman and it, that happened over and over again and after you know a year of that or something it was a little frustrating because people just didn't know my name and they just knew the Walkman name and it, it yeah, I didn't realize how many doors that opened just to have that name huh um, but I think finally now I've begun to establish myself as an independent entity yeah, so you've got the the solo album in the works, the live album. Anything else you want to touch on? Any <laughs> non-musical things that are that are interesting in your life these days? Uh, I, I'm so busy. It's not necessarily that interesting, but all the mundane stuff. Yeah, I could go on, and on. I'm not going to bore you with that. Well, how's your family? In, in, a, in a few in a few sentences, if you don't want to bore anyone. I have a three year old and a six year old daughter, and they, you know, had spring break two weeks ago, which was just just about put me into an early grave because I hadn't organized. You realize when you 
Any anytime anything happens, like scheduling, you take the fall. So if you didn't organize a babysitter, if there's a holiday, it's if there's a the half day, fault. Oh my god, you have to pick up the slack. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of spring break is a lot of slack, a lot of questions and a lot of like cons- a lot of wants and stuff all day every day. It was a long week, a long ten days for dad. So a nice preview for the summer vacation. You get to be da- um, no, dad no, 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 no. For... Now I've understood that you get camp going. The school ends on a Friday. Camp starts on a Monday. Nice. Yeah. Dad for a weekend, quality right. weekend, right. and then camp. Yeah. Long days at camp. That's the plan this year. So family is keeping you busy, wholesome, positive, but busy. Yep. Anything else? Uh, moving actually, which is also keeping me busy um stressful staying in the area decided not to leave new york i'll be the last of the mohicans here last of the rockers did you give some serious thought to it i think everybody probably does i mean everybody in new york do you how old are you how long have you been here i'm 28 and i grew up in new jersey and i've lived here ever since I moved from New Jersey after I graduated college and got a job at Billboard. So you've been here like six years or something? I've been here like four and change. Uh-huh. I've been here like 20, eight, 19. And I always, I mean, as you know, kids and stuff changes it, but always just like money and space, and noise, because stress. Because you could probably get, well, not the noise and the stress, but you could probably get more out of those things you just said in other cities, but they wouldn't be New York. Right. Yep. There's a, there's definitely a trade-off. Then what, oh, it's been 20 plus years. What always keeps you here? Um, I've never been able to write music anywhere else, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just that I've lived here, but I've tried. I've gone to other places and worked, and I've been so unproductive, and I have this feeling that for some reason being here always keeps me on my toes enough to keep working on stuff I don't know if that's true or not but I don't really want to find out after I've bought a house in some other city that I was right I mean it comes up a a decent amount in the lyrics on the album with Rostam like walking out to the west side you mentioned other parts and other songs in Manhattan yeah I mean it's just been it's just always it's just hell it's just true it's just the results of it I, I i wouldn't even to me it sounds vague and like people used to ask me so much if new york was like the inspiration for my music and stuff and to me it was just something that didn't add up and i i would say i don't think so but i've I, it's it's just always come down to, it's always worked out when i've been here i've always gotten more done as hectic as it is and hard to get people to school every day and like you know space is tight and practice spaces are just so terrible here it's not an easy city to be a musician in actually um but it for one reason or another it always seems to i I don't know i i i I have this suspicion that if i moved away it would maybe i I guess maybe i'm scared to move away for some reason hmm why do you think that is i don't know I, i just don't know if uh I don't know. I've just been here too long. I don't know. It's funny. Thanks, Hamilton. Thanks for coming by. So that show that's being released on the live album that we talked about, really, honestly, one of my favorite shows I've been to this whole year. 
those songs really came to life. The proper title of this album is Hamilton, Lighthouser, and Rostam, I Won't Let Up, live at Music Hall of Williamsburg. You can only get the vinyl when you buy a ticket to the upcoming tour that Hamilton has coming up, so hit up his official site for that. What else? What else? I'm seeing Rostam solo this Wednesday, which will actually be yesterday after when this podcast comes out. As you might have noticed by now, I'm a huge Vampire Weekend fan. I think Rostam is one of the best minds in production and songwriting out there these days. I'm really excited to see some frontman Rostam. That's something new for him. And speaking of Vampire Weekend, one of its members will be a guest here on the podcast in the upcoming weeks. So subscribe. Get it every week automatically. Subscribe on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. While you're there, I want to hear what you think. This is really my favorite thing to do at Billboard. There's a lot about my job here at Billboard that I love, but my favorite is this podcast. So it really does help a lot to get some feedback from you guys. Star ratings, your own feedback in iTunes. Super appreciated. To get at me, to just keep up with the show in general and keep up with my general thoughts, musings, find me on Twitter. Handles at CPain on a plane. Or probably easier, just search for my name. It's the first one that comes up for this. C-H-R-I-S-P-A-Y-N-E. So we'll be back next Thursday. Some topics coming up on the show, future episodes. Vampire Weekend, I already said that. But we'll see more what they're up to. New Halsey album we'll talk about, future shows. We'll keep checking in on the new Paramore and Fallout Boy. New music from Haim, Phoenix, Lana Del Rey. Maybe we'll talk about what's up with Brand New. Maybe we'll discuss, will my chemical romance ever reunite? There's a lot of stuff I'm really eager to talk about in this show. Subscribe, keep listening, I'm excited, and I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.